Hello and welcome to episode number 321 of the Armin Show podcast. We are in person. It is live. This is the action we can bring to life on this episode. Before I get into it, I want to mention, subscribe, leave a review, rate on Apple, wherever it might be. Any of those things help out the show. We've gotten a 321. We started at 1. How does it go? Amazingly. On this episode, I have a guest here. By the way, color all over the place. We have... Emmanuel C. Wright. Also known as Young Camel Toe. We're going to go by Young Camel Toe today. He's got his moniker. He's got his name. And he labeled as entrepreneur, comedian. And we'll be talking about philosophy and a variety of life concepts. Now, before we start this interview, I just want to say, or this podcast, I want to say, hey, we love... The fact that we exist at the same time as you exist, okay? If you existing right now, you listening to this message, man, thank you for being here. That's a nice message to all the people. And we are glad to have the people. It's like an intricate network that we're all part of at the same moment. And then 30 years later, there's a different intricate network of all the people on the planet. That's a great point, actually. That brings up. Thanks. Now, Emmanuel, you are a representative of many items I took note when I met Emmanuel that we had some similarities and they're not common. And when I see that, I always pay attention because it's a small percentage of people that share some of my traits, maybe a social nature, maybe a understanding of the bigger picture of reality. So before I would describe anything, Emmanuel, how would you describe your general view of yourself as it relates to life? I would say uh, I was put on this earth to bring peace, love, happiness, and joy, man. So anything I'm on, anything I'm about is gonna be fun. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm razzle dazzle. I like bling. You know, I got two rollies on. They iced out. Young camel toe. You know, I got the three Gengars because my spirit animal is Gengar. It's my favorite Pokemon. So I would say, really, it's just it's, it's about having fun, man. We came here to have a good time. We came here to evolve, to, you know, get to the upper echelons on, of, you know, the spiritual path or whatever path you believe in. But, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's me. Now, I can sense a bigger picture understanding to go more into that. Immediately when we started talking, I could see that he was not overtaken by the life concepts that people tend to focus on, the standard operating procedures, the do this thing, get this thing done. This thing is a process. They seem a little bit, I don't want to say redundant, but there are larger ideas that guide what happens in that sphere that I'm talking about to be a little bit abstract. From what early age in life did you notice that you were viewing things a little more abstractly or bigger picture than the people around you? Uh, my mom took me to see, uh, it wasn't really a psychiatrist. It was just, you know, a nice lady who asked me questions. And, uh, we were watching 101 Dalmatians and all the kids in the room was crying about the Dalmatians. And meanwhile, I was clapping for Corella. So I think that was the first moment where I just realized that it's bigger than whatever, whatever message they're trying to sell you. They're trying to sell you a message for a reason. You got you got to read between the lines. Like Cruella Deville, I mean, you saw the new Disney flick, right? With Cruella, oh, it was a great flick. But it basically showed why Cruella Deville became Cruella de 
and like her life philosophies and her ways of going about life. And uh, I'm not trying to say she's the best person, but there's a lot of lessons to learn from Cruella. And I think life is all about learning lessons. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we got three Dalmatians. Now they lost their fur. Okay, cool. There's a billion Dalmatians out there. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it. I was just like, man, Cruella's out here actually grinding and showing you how to run a business, how to get people to do things, how to, man, she was, she was teaching lessons. It's a valid point here. The thing you just presented, getting people maybe on your page for a bigger vision is not what most are thinking because maybe they're thinking to follow guidelines that somebody is setting. But if you have that internal feeling that you want to be someone that expresses onto the world and causes things to occur and brings people together, it may look to some like, oh, you're making a real statement as a person, but we need individuals to set up like as a pyramid uh, managing groups of people. If we don't do that, what will get done who will have a vision you can't just have people following everybody then there would be no leader at that point now that's from Cruella shout outs to Disney also sending messages always at a baseline level to all people man Walt Disney was a genius man there's so many cryptic messages all throughout Disney it's crazy when you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are anything your heart's desire will come to you man he just he just threw out the whole game right there, man. He just gave you the whole system right there. But nobody want to listen. Having a vision is an amazing thing. And it's important to listen. Some might not hear. I could say certain words to one person and another person. One person might hear what I'm saying. And the other person, it might sound like I just said a generic phrase. It'll pass by, nothing translated. And even if I kept trying, I wouldn't be able to translate it because they weren't there to pick up my message. Messaging is very important. I like the concept of Disney, these intelligent individuals over time. There's so few. We think there's so many, but actually, if we started naming people or naming the individuals who make differences, it's handfuls or, you know, hundreds or tens or twenties. There's not that many. Now, we'll put that aside. Back to Emmanuel. You have multiple categories here. How would you describe your categories of influence or effect, like the ones I described earlier, the things that you do? I would say my approach is more of a, man. I say my approach is more of a mushrooms approach. If you've ever experienced mushrooms, then that's kind of how I come at you, you know what I mean? It's really visual, really fun, a lot of enthusiasm, passion, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of jokes, a lot of laughter, you know, I'm all about laughter. I think laughter is the best medicine. Uh, so yeah, I, I like to say I like to just bring that fun. You know, I do stand-up comedy. I, I, I rap. Uh, I trade crypto and stocks. You know, and uh, I have some other things going on. I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast, but you know, multiple streams of incomes. And uh, but laughter's key, though, man. Laughter's key. Few points come up there. Now you say laughter's key. I know you mentioned that you like making people laugh. You like that feeling. I've done a little bit of open mic comedy and a little bit of my category that. Why do you like it? Um, how would you describe your comedy? And how necessary is comedy in society? Man, comedy is the most important thing to society. I mean, that's how people actually learn. I mean, people don't learn when they, I mean, that's how the masses learn. I mean, intellectual people, they learn by reading 
and thinking. But the ones who can't do that, they learn through jokes and laughter. So uh, I think it's very important. Uh, people say my style of comedy is a mixture between Hannibal Burst and Dave Chappelle. So I get that with, with, with a touch of Patrice O'Neill. People say you have a you have a little Patrice in you. So uh, you know, shout out to the goat. You know, Patrice. That's one of my favorites. Uh, but yeah, man, comedy. I suggest everybody at least try comedy once. Just get on stage for three minutes and talk about your day. You don't have to write anything. Just talk about whatever you want to talk about. You don't even have to be funny. Just get on stage and and feel the presence of all those eyes on your forehead and you know it's gonna give you a certain feeling you know what i mean because there's a lot of people they're gonna feel that feeling they're gonna be like wow i, I love this and you know there's gonna be others who, who don't love it but there's some people out there who they don't even know you know that could be your passion just get on stage try it out that's a great point a couple of times i've gotten people who don't even do comedy to come up on stage and do it and that was uh, an experience they talked about for a while they loved it and they didn't do it again but it definitely changed their thinking of themselves then they didn't see it as so fearful maybe they took more risks later on that i didn't know about because of that so if you do try something once that can be good it doesn't have to be a lifetime of that but if you give it a shot you'll see okay i didn't like it because of this or i did like it because of this or people saw me in this way you can't get that feedback until you actually Get that feedback it's very important to put yourself in positions to get feedback which is another concept actually that is important i want to bring up i do that quite a bit socially similar socially we have right here manual in the building social as myself how long have you been publicly social and do you like um bringing people together is it about getting people outside of their comfort zone. What comes to mind when you're social? Uh, I like finding the truth. So when I'm out socializing, I'm just looking, I'm looking for gems. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to bless others with knowledge as well. So I want it to be, you know, a two way street. But I, I, I like, I like, what, what was it? Plato or Socrates who used to just, he used to just have his friends come over and they would eat and they would just discuss philosophies and. You know, they would have discourse and that's how we learn and that's how we evolve in our process of thinking. So I like to have philosophical discourse in public places. Like one of my favorite places is the bungalow in Santa Monica. I went there last night and I always I always talk to people, I'm like, hey, what's your life philosophy? They're like, Oh my gosh, like he's not trying to sleep with me, he's not he's not trying to he's just asking me what my life philosophy is and it's like now we have a philosophical discourse, you know, and other people come in and they give their two cents. So I've always liked doing things like that. But I don't, I don't really bring too many people together. I like that happen naturally. So I like to just go out with, you know, a couple of friends and, and find other like-minded individuals in that space and, you know, talk from there. Great point you bring up, by the way. The finding of truth, that's the same thing mentioned by Ricardo Lopez, the podcaster in Portugal. The reason he talks to, let's say, scientists and authors on his show is fully to find out the truth. So I noticed a common theme between individuals who are trying, reaching out, taking risks, it doesn't always work out, is because there's truth underneath underneath there and you can see bits of reality that would have been hidden to you beforehand, kind of like Robin Hanson would say, the hidden realities under life. Same thing, this truth is there, but if you don't 
let's say dig it won't be brought to you it'll still be there but you won't connect with it in that way that's a cool feature the buddha said to chase after knowledge as if your hair was on fire and knowledge was water man say less you have to go right at it that's a great point i like that there's a passion to it once you, and once you start doing it and you figure out this thing or somebody says something and you have a realization you might get annoyed for two days five days like oh, i didn't know this for years and this was happening in the background but soon enough it's part of your repertoire and now what now you're better now you're better you're better at what did the joker say what doesn't kill you only makes you stranger well i say what you don't know it's going to hurt you, man. So try and know everything, okay? <laughs> because there's so many countless times where I'm like, man, I didn't know that. And I look back like, bruh, the year 2017, I could have been a such better individual if I would have known this fact. And I'm like, well, there you go. It does actually impact you. Uh, that's actually what he said is the minority view because the I think the average individual will think that what doesn't hurt you? Well, that's out of you don't. It's out, out of your sight, so it's not relevant. It still impacts you. The things you don't know will impact you. You can have a little uh, blockage on your eyes to not see it, but the impact will still occur. On the other hand, if you reach for it, maybe two years later, boom. Versus twelve years later, and then you didn't lose that decade for no reason, which you'd never know. It's like a sad unknowing that you'd never know. Concepts right here. Concepts all day. Now, so that's comedy. And then what about entrepreneur category? How would you describe in that one? Uh, crypto and stocks, man. If you're not in the crypto and stock market, I don't, if you're not in crypto, I don't know what you're doing. But the stock market is good as well, you know. So I bought all my investments in myself, my music, my comedy, my cryptos, and my stocks. I don't do real estate. I like to do things without a middleman. So if I don't need a middleman or a broker or the government to sign off on some agreements, then you know what, it, we're good. But you know, once it starts getting into a hundred documents of paperwork, I'm out. I, I just don't got time for it. Cause time is your best value right there. So anything that's taking up too much time, I don't care about. If you're gonna give me a billion dollars, I want my time. I have mentioned this, I like this concept. We have similarities here. The concept of cutting out the middleman. I used to tell that to people I meet in public that, you know, some of them would meet through an online program and I would be meeting them in person and supporting the theme that you exist. We, we're already here. The middleman, I don't really support going through multiple layers that are not necessary. Some of them have gotten popular, but were they really necessary? Hard to say. It's kind of like uh, when you look up a plane flight on Kayak, you know, and they give you all the best tickets. Don't buy it from Kayak. Go to the airline because Kayak is up in their price. So cut the middleman out. Right. The more layers, the more room there is for inefficiency or absorption of what you have. Don't buy from Amazon. Buy from Alibaba. That's where it's coming from. Inside information. That's good stuff. Now, let's switch to the concept of philosophy. One thing you mentioned that was very important that I wanted to start with is you had said that philosophy in a way saved you or brought you a real okay, solution, we'll call it. How would you say that philosophy had a real impact in making your life upslope, let's say? 
Well, I came from a very religious family and uh, from the Christian religion. And, you know, I don't really ascribe to that religion. I, I, I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. I'm spiritual. But, man, the King James verse, can I throw that out, please? Because, look, that the Bible and all them other religious texts, they were manipulated. They were definitely manipulated, man. I like to look at religion like a game of telephone. This person told this person told this person for billions of years, and now we got whatever we got now. No, don't. That was manipulated, changed, kings, princes, popes. They, they all changed deleted certain parts you got to go to the dead sea scrolls the red sea scrolls the torah like you know who's actually making sure these manuscripts are okay you know so i've never ascribed to any of that so i was really just looking for answers you know so uh yeah just looking for philosophy came across it uh, this kid was just reading socrates I'm like what's that he said this is the republic i think that's plato i don't know but I didn't read books at the time because I was a jock in high school, you know. So I just looked up cliff notes, you know, where they give you the quick summary of what books say. And I just went through all like a bunch of philosophical texts, cliff notes. It was just getting the bold print text like this is what he was trying to say. This is what he meant. And I was just reading all that stuff, going on YouTube, you know, listening to people talk about different philosophers. And then in college, I took some philosophical courses. I studied business, but I was always taking philosophy classes uh, on the side too so that's that's where it came from this is something and then it saved you because oh it saved me because i was i mean i'm still reckless let's be honest but i was even reckless, more reckless. Okay. like i was you know just doing like you know getting in fights you know and we had like an underground fight ring and you know we was putting bets on it and things like that so, like, you know, I was kind of running close to the law. You know what I mean? I had a few. I've never been in jail, but I had a few close calls, you know. But after I started reading philosophy, I, I, I calmed down and I started moving better, you know. Because I was like, well, you know, there might be more than you know, just, you know. Because, I mean, life is told to us you're supposed to, you know, be born, ascribe to whatever religion your mom tells you to go to school, you try and do good things for good people, you get married, you have two kids, you get a nice fence with a dog, you get fat, you watch the news, you care about it, and I was just like, this is boring, this can't be life, if this is life, then let me tell you, I'm about to be a criminal, because I'm out, but then I read some philosophy, specifically, uh, uh, what was his name, Nietzsche was good, but it's not Nietzsche, uh, Albert Camus, and he was talking about like the myth of Sisyphus, you know, he imagined Sisyphus to be happy, even though he has to roll the rock up the mountain, the rock keeps uh, coming down, Sisyphus was happy because, just because he chose to be, he he made that choice, so I mean, I would say, I'm a, I, I'm a nihilist at heart, I don't really think much matters, but I'm a positive nihilist, I'm a, hey man, if this doesn't really matter, maybe, like, I understand how Pascal's wager works. You know, you might as well believe in God. So I believe in God. I believe in all the gods, you know, because if I'm wrong, I'd rather be right than wrong. So all the gods out there, whoever is the right one, I believe you, Allah, Buddha, Santa Claus. I love you all. Um, but basically, be positive in my nihilism, you know, because I was reckless. And now, you know, I'm reckless, but I'm reckless with a smile on my face. I brush my teeth, I floss, you know what I mean? I'm a good man, whatever that means. 
Yeah, was, yeah. An upbeat demeanor. Yeah. That goes with it. Yeah. We share similar on that too. Nihilism is like a view that things don't really matter, let's say, and the internet, a lot of forums are uh, packed with individuals who like this concept, but there's a pessimistic form of it that is prevalent, and then similar to how he is describing it, I have that view that maybe things are not so relevant, but then we can uh, work from that with the upward trajectory, because then it means if things are not so serious, what can we do? What can be done with that? Let's have fun, man. Let's take mushrooms and LSD and go to Mars or Venus. Like, come on. Some let's elevate. It's a variety. <laughs> For no reason. It doesn't matter, but let's still try and elevate. <laughs> there are some people... Oh, do you ever think about this concept? We are here, and we can move our arm, and then there's who knows how many people who lived before us, some great rulers and leaders and whatnot who can no longer, right? So in comparison to them, we have more ability than some of the greatest leaders ever because they are no longer. Oh yeah, right now I'm stronger than Genghis Khan could ever be. I mean, sure, Genghis Khan conquered nations, but I'm conquering hearts, you know what I mean? Conquering minds, you know what I mean? We're changing thought, you know what I mean? I can't be better than Socrates or Plato because they changed. I mean, they, man, that's the foundation. But it's it's technology and just the way the world works now makes everybody more powerful than some of the strongest kings back in the day. Because we don't care about brute force. It's about, you know, intellectualism and uh, coming together as a group and elevating and changing minds and, and, and making hearts strong. So uh, I think that's what it's more about. I like the comparison you did there because Genghis Khan is known for that brute force and just stepping on and conquering, but how much can you take from that as a person today other than the stories of this happened, this happened, whereas the other individuals mentioned there, their thoughts can connect with our thoughts today to do something, to get something done. There's more applicability when you go bigger picture, there is far less when it's something like I drove the car from here to there, what am I supposed to take from <laughs> <laughs> what can I take from that information? Not not too much. A lot of technology things are at the baseline, like, oh, the self-driving car goes from here to there. But the bigger picture, it's like, how will society function? Uh, do we even need this thing for people to learn how to do it? Can it be done by machines so we can focus on something else? There's always, like, a, a bigger picture way to go. Now, oh, as far as people go, bigger picture individuals or people you look to, who are there some people you look to as representations of a way to go or thoughtful people currently that are notable figures? I would say one of the greatest new age philosophers who actually became big enough to spread his philosophy and actually have the people who matter to listen, which are the young kids, you know, the ones who are going to replace us. You know, you capture the youth, you know, um, you got to capture the youth. Uh, There's a guy called XXXTentacion. He recently passed away, RIP, man. But towards the end of his life, he really started to understand philosophical concepts and he started to put it inside of his music. And he was teaching the young, man. I think I think the government, the I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but 
I, I think the reason XX was was killed was because of because he was really just telling the masses some real stuff, and you can't really have the masses thinking for themselves because the government's not gonna have power. So he uh, he started switching all his music to binaural beats. He had 432 hertz on all of his music. So he was really trying to tell people how it actually works. And uh, so I'll say he, he's the biggest one that comes to mind. Um, other philosophers, I mean, of course, you have people like Jordan Peterson who are, you know, big and, you know, people, you know, from that camp, Sam Harris and Joe Rogan. That's probably one of the biggest philosophers for the masses. You know, you don't want to think too much, but you want to understand, listen to Joe. I mean, it's great. I, I love uh, Lex Friedman. That's, that's one of my favorite dudes. Uh, but yeah, I would say XXX Tentacion, man. He he was getting to the youth, man. These kids was listening to him. So yeah. On that point, actually, do you ever think to yourself, if I put out too much truth at some point, it's risky. It's almost like there's like a certain level. If I go beyond that, now it's like I am pushing against the the settings that are currently there. You have to have a big enough platform. You have to be loved by billions, millions before, you know, that, that happens to you. So, if your platform gets big enough, I don't believe it could happen to me, because I just got too much good energy. You know, my, my vibration just pushes all that away. I think uh, with X, X used to do a lot of dark stuff. Like, he came, he came from a dark past. So, I think that dark past kind of caught up with him. But in my case, you know, I don't really got a dark past, man. I've been, my record's clean, man. I ain't really, you know, I don't got no restraining orders on me. I'm child-free. I ain't got no kids, no responsibilities. Nobody's mad at me. I pay my taxes, you know. So, I'm not saying that X was not doing that thing, but I'm saying I don't have a dark past. I've been a civilized citizen this whole time. So, when I do get to that level of stardom, you know, which will happen, I start, you know, I mean, I'm already spreading the truth. So, no, I, I don't think so. Because my message has been keeping it 100 ever since. So, I mean, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling too much of the truth. I, I put bits and pieces, you know what I mean? Jesus used to talk in parables because parables actually make people think. So, I don't think I got a problem. It's kind of like poetry or some way that it's more palpable. Facts. One point there is, I've thought about this before. Do you ever think that It'll be nice to get to a larger audience because as you get to certain levels, you'll see people's truth of like one person who was jealous of you the whole time but didn't show up until you had this audience and then another person that won't cause like a lawsuit or problem until you have this audience. Do you think about that? No, no, I don't think about that at all. I, like the way I, I like to look at life is like, you know, when, when the time comes, when it's time to cross that bridge, I'll cross that bridge. But right now I'm focused on the now. Eckhart told me. That was good. One time I did a little bit on uh, of open mic and I talked about how there's this other author who wrote The Power of Later, which is a procrastination book that hasn't come out yet. Good <laughs> 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 stuff there for the first. <laughs> the good thing about open mic is, or comedy is uh, stuff that you remember it was your thing, so you still have that in the future. Anything you make in life, if it was you, it goes with you the whole way. If it wasn't you, it's kind of useless to do because then at some point you have to discard it because it doesn't match you anyway. So the more you do that's related to yourself, the more efficient 
life will be. How much do you vary from your actual self in your expression? I'm 102% with a 2% margin of error. That is good stuff right there. Take away the two from the 102, and we're going to sell it 100 right Stay there. at 100. <laughs> full form. That's a good quality, okay? We need to be full form in this existence. What is, do you, what are the ways you take in media or like to take in things? Is it through video, audio, books, text? How do you like to get information? Uh, discourse, just talking to people. Talking to people, man, that's how I learn my info. Other than that, uh, I like Reddit, you know, I go on Reddit and uh, I'll listen to like uh, philosophical speakers on um, on YouTube, you know, uh, Lex Friedman is a big one, it's kind of how I learned. Uh, but they, you know, they got philosophical YouTube pages where, you know, they'll like draw out little uh, animations uh, while they describe philosophy. So I like to watch those too. That's cool. Discord. So talking with people person to person, in person. Yeah, yeah, that's my number way one uh way of learning. That's cool. Not layers behind or some technology which is more limiting. That's good. I talked to somebody actually a few days ago that they pointed out that a lot of their online discourse was completely limited in comparison to any sort of actual in person connection they ever had. So it just can't compete. But maybe in the metaverse, what do you think about the great metaverse? Oh, how do you, uh, first, what's the frame of your metaverse that we're going on? Uh, we are all in some sort of graphic on a screen and we're in the room and uh, visually it looks like we're in the same room. That's as close as it gets. I think that's one of the multitude of possibilities in the multiverse. <laughs> what is, tell us another one. Is there another one? What comes to mind? Of possibilities? Yes, for a, like, a, like a group interaction, but technology is involved, so you're not actually there. What thoughts come to mind? Um, is it a likable scenario? I like to think that, you know, it's more similar to the Matrix, you know, some other more powerful beings created some beings and those beings created some beings and we're probably like the 11th beings of beings down the line. So sure, we have creators, but our creators have creators and their creators have creators. And that actually might go to infinity and beyond. So I think it's a constant wormhole of creators creating creators. And right now we're trying to create AI. We're creating robots. So we're now creating uh, creators and one day our robots will create things and it's just passing it down so I think that's actually the most possibility of possibilities to me of what the right answer is so shouts out to all the creators man all the creator 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 creators love you creators make the world around us I think I've mentioned that in some form without them our world is very empty and there's a lot of individuals that work and make the world functional, but then when it comes to the great things that bring us passion and joy, that's art and creators and uh, writing. Things that you put your thoughts out there and for somebody else, that's like the highlight of the week to go see a certain play or see a performance or comedy or, by the way, rap. Can you tell us some about rap? How long you have been rapping? 
and what you have put out. Man, I've been rapping now for 22 years, so pretty much all my life. Um, I just like it. It's it's it, it it's a it's it is meditation for me. Like whenever I'm really into a deep flow, that's me meditating. I'm not even here no more, you know. Like kind of like if you've seen that one movie, uh, what was it? Uh, oh man, what's the new Disney movie where I don't you see everybody's that. souls? Uh, I think it's called Soul. Yeah, it's called Soul. Yeah, it's Soul. When they're like, yeah, when anybody's in the zone, that doesn't mean that 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 that, that means their spirit flies off and it goes into a special place called the zone. So when I'm when I'm making music, man, I'm meditating. I'm in the zone. I'm feeling one with God, if you will. Uh, but yeah, that's why I rap. Um, so it was never to get famous. It wasn't for anybody else. It was for me. So I made music for me, and other people happen to like it. And that's great. So uh, yeah, that's how my music works. All the golden things in life that we've ever seen, people did for themselves, and others got to enjoy it because it was like your internal world, and you shared it. Every single good thing. Anytime there was a story of someone, they put some videos up on YouTube for friends just to share their thing, and then boom. But the minute you start focusing too much on what's the elements that need to be put out, now you're disregarding your own self. It can't be that good. Your passion's gonna go away. Other people are gonna feel it. Because in truth, the, the passion and the joy of it was a good chunk of it. You toss that away once you start externalizing too much of what you're making. I also like uh, freestyling and putting out some raps. So, the similarities abound because our creativity, we cannot not put it out. That would be wrong. It would actually be bad. Let's say you told both of us, don't be creative for five years. That's terrible. That's one of the worst possible things. What are some, if you had to describe three words or lay out three words that describe yourself, what words would you pick? Love, peace, joy. These are straightforward right here. Love, peace, and joy. Three letters long, four letters long, and five letters long. These are, are these toward people or this is what you represent? This is toward myself and other people. As above, so below, young camel toe. Lyricism can't be stopped right there. <laughs> now, I always like to throw in a little bit of variety. What is one question you have for me, Armin, the host? All right, what's your life philosophy? My life philosophy, I have multiple. If you look at my notes from the past 10 years on Evernote, there would be a lot of different ones that would seem to be there. But the biggest picture one is we are here for just a moment. And we it's sad to not make use of that moment. That's it, when you use it properly or go with your direction, that's everything is great. It doesn't matter what happens. You can handle a tornado and a windstorm at the same time because you're going as you. The minute you toss away the moment and it's not relevant and you think there's going to be 40,000 more moments, then suddenly there's not 40,000 more moments. So immediately your attitude like cancels life. That's one of the main ones I put out there. I rock with that. I, I, I rock with that. Our moments are very important right there. That's a good one. But I want to describe a um, concept that I've uh, thought about for a long time. Uh, we as people along the way, the people that show up in our path, 
it's like an automatic, you were supposed to, let's say you went and there was a river and you jumped from rock to rock to rock. The people on our path are those rocks and it was supposed to be, they were, they were on the river. And so not to meet them or not to interact with them would not have occurred. So every person that something great happens, it was your path and that's great. The person that something negative happens, that's great too, you figured something out. Throwing that out there, what is one realization you have had in 2021 from some experience or in general? Your vibe attracts your tribe. So whatever energy you put out is gonna come right back to you. So if you love, peace, and joy, then what you're gonna get is love, peace, and joy. Um, and, I, and I just learned that from uh, women, really. You know, if I had a, a heart of, ooh, I'm about to get them real good, then they had a heart of, ooh, I'm going to get them real good. If I came in a heart of, oh, man, I hope you have a wonderful day. And she like, man, top of the morning, top of the grand rising, what would you like to do today? And I'm just like, well, it's because the energy I was putting out. So that's the biggest lesson. There's that reflection there, that mirroring. And you wouldn't know it unless you did it. If you kept putting out negative and they kept putting out negative, you could disregard what you were doing and assume that they were putting out negative and that's just how they function. But then... And there even came a moment where I, where I was just like, you know, let me, ex let me experiment with sending out, like, you know, you know, certain toxic individuals. You know, I'd be like, oh my God, it's a toxic. And people would be like, you should leave. Like, this is the toxic. And I'm like, no. Let me ride in this toxicity just to see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Just Because you can learn from the bad, too. You can learn from the good. You can learn from the bad. The bad often, you know, hmm, I mean, I don't say it's be bad. I'm just saying when you come across bad individuals in your path, you might be able to learn from them. I mean, don't do what they do, but there's some messages there that you can learn from. Remember that, okay? This is a great point. It can be a harsh ping that really points you versus if things go swell for too long, nothing's really pointing you in some direction. Those harsh hits, suddenly like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I shouldn't have interacted this way or this concept I'm thinking, this doesn't apply. But you wouldn't get that sense until you have a little bit of anguish or something that hits you hard. That's a great point. Oh, I, was, I mean, that's true too, but I was more saying like, when certain individuals do things that's like, oh man, that's not good. But the way they go about it, the way they go about it to get things done is like, wow, like I didn't know I could do that. Now, I'm not going to do it in the wrong way, but you can go about it the right way, but you can learn about those ways from certain bad people. That's all I'm trying to say. Just so find out how they do things and take out the bad parts from the thing, you know, be, be a moral individual and just, you know, twist whatever they do to make it right. You know what I mean? But you can still learn. You can still learn. See their strategy and how it gets to an end result and then maybe adjust their strategy yeah. to get still to an end result. Yeah, and be a good human being in the process. That's a nice feature we are able to do Yeah, when we feel like it. We could rewrite the script. We are the script, okay? <laughs> we don't even have a script, by the way, because we both are able to, but some individuals would script most things in existence, which is okay too, it's more planned and, and structured. Have you ever done any sort of like uh, personality thing or like uh, any of those like tests or? Nah, no, no, I haven't, I haven't done any. It's kind of boxing, so maybe it makes sense. 
they, they put you in a little bit of a category. The last thing I will check is, do you, uh, what experiences or places that you have gone to have impacted you the most, whether it be locations or some memory that is very pivotal in getting you to where you are today? Mm, trip to Colombia, Colombian trip, learned a lot on that trip, you know, ran into the cartel, made friends with the cartel. I was walking down the red light district of uh, Medellin, Colombia, it's called Poblado, and I was asking all the prostitutes what their life philosophy was, and you know, so word got around and the cartel ran up on me. Like 13 of them, they all came from different sides. It was dark, like 1 a.m. You know what I mean? They all came grinning, face tats, everything. They they all came out. They immediately took out their phones. They're like, they're like, hey, are you the guy who's been asking our woman um, their life philosophy? I was like, yeah. They're like, oh man, you are hilarious, man. Business has never been so good because now the women are over here laughing and saying who's this weirdo asking our life philosophy and then like they're having fun now you know and the clients like it because they're like oh well now the women are having a good time and they man you good for business you you got the hood pass they took out their phones and they're like man we can't even go back to america look at all of our crimes we're on the most winning list of every state and they just started pulling up their rap sheets and i was like man these is real killers like 13 of them and they was all giving me hugs, man. So I would say that was that was a big life lesson. Like, man, hey, be cool always. I mean, I always knew to be cool, but it's like, hey, man, stay positive, even if the situation looked like it go south. So that was a big lesson. Um, I lived in Germany for a year and a half. Uh, I went to study abroad, but actually I was studying abroads. You know what I mean? And uh, I didn't go to none of my classes, man. I didn't go to none of my German classes. I didn't go to nothing. I just was hanging out with women, and that's how I learned it. Like, I would go to class and take the test, but my German was so good from just, you know, having, you know, going on dates with women and only speaking German um, that I, I passed with flying colors. So I ended up getting a job. Like, I did a year of schooling out there, and then I got a, well, non-schooling, really. I did a year of studying broads in Germany, <laughs> And then uh, six months after, or for the next six months, I one of I, I ended up getting a girlfriend. I moved in with her, and she got me a job. I didn't even interview. She like I literally came home one day. And she's like, "I got you a job." I was like, "You got me an interview?" She's like, "No, I got you a job. You start on Monday." I was like, "What?" I walked into the office. They're like, "Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to have you." I'm like, "Bro, you didn't interview me." <laughs> This is crazy. So yeah, I'll say Germany, um, Thailand. Thailand was crazy. Uh, I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Thailand was crazy. My parents took me to Egypt when I was 15. I got to see where Jesus uh, used to go. They took me to the pyramids, and uh, that was cool. Learned a lot on that trip. That's what actually got me into thinking about like, oh man, yeah, my parents kind of messed up because I, I was like, man, maybe you know. Uh, the Christian religion is the way. Then I went out to Egypt, and they're like, well, we believe in Allah, and they believe in Buddha. And I'm like, well, Buddha and Allah? They get yeah, a different religion, man. It's not just Christian. I'm like, oh, really? 
And like, oh, and then the Egyptians, they believe in Horus and Ra. And I was like, I'm like, wait, hold on, Horus and Ra? So I started looking into other religions and I'm like, wait, hold up skirt, you know what I mean? And so I asked my parents, like, hey, who do you, who are these other guys? They're like, oh, no, 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 don't look into that, man. I'm like, man, until my parents did that, I immediately looked at it and then, you know, found my own way. I like the examples of people guiding you at places versus some text or some example because people have the experiences. They can get you straight to a job or understanding or language. They are that versus a third party. Skipping that is a great way to go. What a variety of vocations there. That's pretty cool. Shout out to Emmanuel who has a variety of traits that I would see as in short supply in public so they are important to the public because if you just go by supply and demand that's one thing but two you need the networking mind to connect the concept or to try things some individuals will let's say do 10% of the trying of things that he or I will do or the 10% of the connecting concepts that we'll do and so if you give them another 15 years not so much will show up in these categories but those who do have that ability, boy, it's very, it's very important for the public. So I want to put that out there. Emmanuel, I would like to thank you for having joined on this episode number 321 of the Armin Show podcast and sharing information with all of us. Man, thanks for having me. Uh, hope you're having a wonderful day, man. Uh, we live in the best of all possible worlds. This is just another day in paradise. I am Young Camel Toe. That's Y-U-N-G Camel Toe. Don't put an O or the feds will be at your dough. That's what I always like to say. As above, so below, Young Camel Toe. I love the fact that you exist at the same time I exist, man. We gonna get through this, man. We will prosper, man. We on the up and up, like some uppercuts. You know what I mean? We just uppercuts, man. We just... Ah. Uh, you know, level up, you know, Mario told, you know, we in their corner, you know what I mean? We in their corner. It's a great message. Optimism, forward movement, and we are out. <laughs>